Well, hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. If he was a leader, it was time to start leading. Perrin, Chapter 22, Eye of the World. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today... <laughs> I feel oh, like today. I should just give like an impromptu uh, explanation of my life right now I'm, i think you, i'm moving I, i'm recording from like mm-hmm. an empty room with boxes behind me this is my last recording in this apartment i thought it would be last week it's this week <laughs> it's this week and i've been moving the past week and painting and scraping and just doing so much so this is going to be kind of a like spontaneous episode today definitely not quite as prepared as I feel like I normally am for our recordings, which, you know, I, is probably okay. I think we, when we were talking about it earlier, I referred it to as the winging or the wheel of time winging it recap. Yeah. So that five times fast. <laughs> and so much is happening in these chapters. So we're doing mm-hmm. 19 through 22 today and it is just madness. There is, is. so much going on. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love chapter 19. This was actually one of my very favorite chapters when Mortis. I read it. Mortis. Yeah. Like we have a whole new creep factor. We have a whole new entity that has not even shown up on the list of things yes. that are crazy, stupid, scary. And now yes. it's like, here, this is, this is more death, everyone enjoy but of course that's not how that the the chapter starts out the chapter opens and i love this idea of how it's written like the way that jordan writes it broken paving stones crunched under the horse's hooves as land led the way into the city the entire city was broken and as abandoned as Perrin had said yes and, yeah but yes. it's also massive like it's the stuff of legends like the guys are like at least Rand's internal thinking, and I can't imagine that Perrin or Matt were too far away. This is the kind of city they dreamt of when they thought of Gleeman's tales of cities. Yes. So this is a, this is just a goggling of architecture for these yeah, guys. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they they go through Terran Ferry, and then they go through Berlon, and they're all, like, big <laughs> eyes, like, oh, my God, Berlon is so majestic. It's mm-hmm. This is what a big city is. And then we get to Shatter Logoth, and Rand is like, well, I feel stupid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his <laughs> his thought was, burn me, but Tom must have been laughing up his sleeve. Moraine and Land too. And my comment yeah. was, yes, they were, Rand. Yes, they were. I they love that little moment were. of, like, self-realization. Exactly. Where he's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. And uh, I think I land on the side of feeling foolish. So anyway, Lan finds a building that will suit their needs for shelter. He carries Moraine in and tells the boys 
uh, and Tom to take care of the horses. And it's so, like, we've talked about this. It's just one of those moments. Yeah. Hands there. Take care of Maureen. In our, not last episode, but the episode before this, mm-hmm. Moraine has just channeled her butt off. She was basically made a firewall. She made a dust devil. She made mm-hmm. an earthquake landslide. <laughs> I mean, she is just KO, knocked out, can't stand, <laughs> can hardly sit in the saddle. She is right? struggling. Yeah. I think in and the she- book it says that she's still holding on to the pommel of her horse with both hands. Like... If she doesn't do that, she's going to fall. And we know, we know Moraine is an exceptional rider. Like she loves horses. So this is like a really good example of just how knocked out an Aes Sedai can become when they put so much energy into channeling, which I think is something that's good to remember is that even though it is this awesome power, it has its limitations. So seeing that you can't do everything with it is kind of nice. It's it's nice that we get this early on in this book because so much so much information sometimes can feel a little bit heavy handed. But I think this is one of these moments where it's like we need to know Mm -hmm. the restrictions of channeling and what the effects are, because Mm -hmm. she's just she's struggling. And I love this somewhat affectionate moment kind of of Mm. lan or maybe protective is Mm -hmm. the better word yeah but i just love that he's like you know like my lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) i will carry you yes and and we know how tiny moraine is her Mm -hmm. she's a pretty little doll so i just see this big hulking man like carrying her like a small child it's a really great visual yes exactly the visual on it is really solid so while Perrin, Matt, and Bran take care of the horses, Nynaeve follows Lan inside, and Egwene follows Nynaeve, so then they're taking care of all the horses, and of course Nynaeve is, like, clutching her herb sack to her chest because she's going <laughs> to rush in and rescue Moraine. Healer's going to heal. be damned. <laughs> yes, like... Oh, Nynaeve, I love her so much. So she, did, once- she did manage in the last chapters we covered to feed Moraine some herbs. She did, yeah. You're right. <laughs> she and here got she her. goes again. And yeah. Liam's like, you better, you better be careful there. And of course, Nynaeve takes offense to that. I understand it. And she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of her. I don't care. Like, I don't like her. That's no secret. I'm still gonna, still gonna take care of her. Lord of the Seven mm-hmm. Towers. Yeah, I love how she throws that back in Lan's face. Right? Like, Lord, okay, Lord of the Seven Towers. (laughs) And she, you know. (laughs) I do. Because I just see her, like, casting her, like, this look over her shoulder, like, meh. Like, she either wants a rise or she wants an explanation. It feels like she's Mm -hmm. digging for one or the other. And I get it because we have noticed that Nynaeve blushes around Lan, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe she's, this is the bullying tactic of I like you, but I don't want to ask like you the, if you like me. Like the playground version yes. of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Of passing a note, circle yes or no if you want to be my GF forever yeah, and with she, the number four. It's not, it's not like Nynaeve has any experience, right? I mm. mean, she's... She's written off ever being married because mm-hmm. wisdoms can't marry. So I doubt she's ever had or pursued a relationship mm-hmm. knowing that it wouldn't, you know, you can't go anywhere with it. So yeah. it is and very schoolyard. <laughs> she's been raised in 
the two rivers in a way that makes it so that everyone is like her charge. Do you know what I mean? It's probably a little hard to fall in love with someone that you're put in a place of authority to take care of. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, it, it could seem like a like overstepping, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Of the boundaries between a wisdom and, an, and a woman. And yeah. Nynaeve is all of a sudden hitting womanhood <laughs> yeah <laughs> in yeah, a way a that she just point. hasn't before and i i love this i love seeing this kind of unfold because Nynaeve is one of my favorite characters i think she's one of the ones that changes so so beautifully and yet so subtly through the series and i yeah. i just i love her so much so while the boys are taking care of the horses those things with the legs <laughs> <laughs> It's animals. Yeah, I couldn't remember the word for horses. Um, <laughs> it's been that kind of day, week, month. It's been a. It's been. A... <laughs> I'm with you, Tracy. I'm I know. with you. I know. In I know. body, maybe it's... not in mind, but. <laughs> it's been a. Okay, so Matt, <clears throat> look, I can't even talk. Excuse me. Matt. Matt. Matt expresses some understandable concerns over shouting in the old tongue. And Rand reassures him we are all in this together, not just one of us. And I love this. But it's Matt. So it's only going to take him like 30 seconds to go from being worried about something to being like. Prankster. Jokester. Let's get out of here. There's a city. There are no people. There are no white cloaks. There could be treasure. <gasps> He's guys. putting his clown shoes on right at the moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, once they get out of the building, Matt like capers. You know, once yeah. he knows they're out of sight, he's like free, yeah, and, like does a little dance, like he is. He's got like a little, like a little pep in his step. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm he's, like, he's hmm. gallivanting around, like I'm in the city, and no one can do nothing about it. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So Matt's energy pulls them along just as it did for us and as they're going through it of course they're always like oh this building could hold this many of this many things like now they have bare lawn to add to it so it's not just like the wine spring they have the stag and lion that could fit three times into another building like we get it it's they see one building and He's like, everyone in the two rivers could fit in that building. Right. Or a fountain. Like, I think yeah. they, they see a fountain and they're like, so many people could fit in that fountain. I'm like, why yeah. are you thinking about filling people with fountains <laughs> or filling people with fountains? That's filling their way of measurement. Like, this is <laughs> 600 people wide. <laughs> what kind of psycho are you that you count things in bodies? <laughs> Rand. I'm worried about that boy. Okay, so let's see here. One of the things that I liked about Rand's observation going through this really empty empty space is him saying that he has a feeling of being watched and it's like by the people who had been there and they're staring in disapproval at the three intruders disturbing their rest. But yes. Shadar Lagoth doesn't really seem that restful of a place. So maybe this is just, I mean, maybe this is their like morning before a cup of coffee stretch. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he's feeling. 
It's going to get worse, Rand. Don't you worry. So they take a break from all of their cavorting. And as they're kind of like just sitting and observing the city and the sun is like starting to get to a point where they're like, we should really head back. And Matt's like, no, I want to climb that tower. And a voice comes out of nowhere of course, and is like, the tower is dangerous. And they're all like, who are you? I love that in this moment, Rand whips his sword out. Like, Mm -hmm. how quick did they go from being these trusting, naive little country boys to like the moment a stranger appears, swords out, axe up. Doesn't Matt like even have like his bow and arrow or something? I don't know. They have had to do a lot of growing in these past few days. I mean, they just left their home for the very first time, and now they're swordsmen and carrying axes (laughs) and weapons and not afraid to just, you know, (laughs) be ready to fight at a moment's notice. And it's it's scary. It it would suck to be them. And this is why I'm just like, Matt, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You've been being chased by Trollocs, and now you're just like, we're going to go, like, explore. Hooray, let's not <laughs> tell right, anyone Dora. where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> we need a an image of Matt with Dora's face under the hat. Maybe <laughs> I can't say the other thing. Anyway, maybe we need that. So... This stranger, of course, hits right at Matt's sweet spot and is like, I have treasure and it's so abundant. I can't possibly carry it all myself. And the oldest like, trick in the book. Right. Matrum. <laughs> How? What the hell? A moment ago, you were about ready to kill this person. And now they're like, I have treasure. And you're like, OK. Just but it's, my language. I mean, it's it's back and forth because Rand just had this moment of self-realization like, oh, I'm out in this big world now and things are different. And I was so I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like, oh, treasure. Like, OK, <laughs> cool. Why not? I like treasure. Treasure sounds like it could do stuff for me. I've heard it about it in stories. Rand and Perrin at least take pause at this. They're like. This is maybe not the thing we think it is, but Matt's like, treasure, treasure, treasure. So they're like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like a little kid. Candy, candy, candy. But it's treasure and it's Matt. And Rand and Perrin know they can't leave him alone. So they they take off and they find like this twisty, turny, spiraling downward into darkness kind of passageway, which is ominous, of course. Yes, I can't wait to see Shatter Logoth mm. on the TV show. I'm so excited. Okay, I, sorry. I really like they're not cutting it, are they? No, we've got we got a little teaser of Matt holding I'll leave this to the spoiler section. Okay. <laughs> Don't let me forget. <laughs> I'm like, dot, 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 pause. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll talk about this later. (laughs) Okay. I feel, I actually just realized I don't have any pens out. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me, Amber? I don't have a single. I'll write it down. Yes. Pens. Better. I can't see them leaving this out. It's just too good of a scene. And the end result is, I feel just too, too plot pivotal to pull, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so of course the boys are becoming more and more nervous the further they go down and 
the darker that it becomes. And finally, light starts to come up from ahead. And it's <laughs> they stumble out into a room that's just piled with gold and jewels and swords. And Matt dives into a pile of gold like Scrooge McDuck in his... <laughs> Money vault. Money, money, money. <laughs> money. Like, can't you just see him, like, in and yes, out? Like, like he's a doing swan the dive. Yeah. <laughs> like, cartoon style. Yes. Whoosh. This is why sometimes it's really hard for me to see the Wheel of Time in my head as, like, a live action thing and not a cartoon thing. Because, like, this part in particular just... It feels really cartoony in the moment. And at the same time, I just, I love the visuals so much. And like Perrin's kind of taken in by it and he picks up an axe. Apparently this is his thing. But in the midst of this, Rand's feeling a little troubled. Things feel a little weird. And then all of a sudden he realizes, more death, you have no shadow. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like there needs to be like reverberations and like yes. the whole thing and like music to go for what happens next because Mordeth loses his shit, which then makes everybody else kind Lose of their shit in e- return. Exactly. And he stretches out to become this massive creature. I think in the book it says like his shoulders like hit the, the ceiling and he's like spreads mm-hmm. out and he's all angry. What was he all mad he- about? He kind of balloons out. Well, I think it's just because Rand... Like me ca- during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, okay, I've been sorry. eating like a complete <laughs> raccoon lately. I'm in between living in two buildings right now out of like a suitcase. And everything I eat comes from a bakery at this point. So, mm. yeah, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Yeah. More death balloon time. Yeah. Um, So in this moment, as he's expanding to the size of the room, everybody grabs their weapons and Matt grabs a dagger from the pile of of cold, of gold he was closest to. But then Mordeth as a figure shrinks in on himself and is basically whimpering in the corner about who knows what crazy mutterings were happening, but then he's like, you're all dead, you're all dead. And then he he dives across the room. This part is cartoony. Right? You can see it, right? Like almost? Yes. Yeah. So he becomes this thin tendril of smoke that disappears into a crack in the wall. Yeah. He just, it's another swan dive moment. Yes. Yeah. So it reminds me like a cartoon of, I don't remember who it was, but they do like a high jump off of a diving board into like a little like bottle, like a Coke oh, bottle yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like slip right through it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mordeth just kind of like skirt, like right through the bricks, gone. Just see ya. Okay. That was weird. And mm-hmm. even after that, Matt's still like, treasure! And Baron and Rand are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Did you see what just happened? Were you not paying attention? Let's get out of here. So they have to grab Matt, like, kicking and screaming from the room about his need for treasure. And then the 
torches start going out like one by one behind them and soon they are running through this path and out the front of the building and they tumble all over each other and are like oh we made it we're safe and whatever but now they have to get back to where Lynn and Moraine and everyone else are and the sun is starting to set and there are more shadows and Shadar Lagoth feels much more menacing than it did before and mm-hmm. they realize that those eyes that had been watching them earlier now have a more malevolent and almost physical sensation to it. Yeah, they seem like sentient, like they are being watched and they're they're like there are bodies behind these eyes. Exactly. It's yeah, it's very creepy. I mean, you can it's like being in a dark room with the lights totally off and just feeling like someone is there, but like 10 times worse. That's what I think it would be like. And that even seems like a really pale comparison. That was terrible. Um, No, no. Can you imagine (laughs) sitting in your bed in the pure darkness and seeing eyes looking at you mm-hmm. like through your windows i i don't know what i would do i would probably one of my nightmares. Yeah. fight or flight i would just be like i can't move <laughs> i'm stuck here black eyed kids play are dead. real play possum <laughs> you can't make me dead i already am go away <laughs> i'm a talking corpse um <laughs> I was I was actually the lead actress in the Corpse Bride case. That was funny. Like you're great, Tracy, and playing dead. It's my specialty. Um, I actually did have to like jolt up out of a nightmare when I was in. A Midsummer Night's Dream, and I hated the way that the director wanted me to do it. I was like, I'll do it my way. <laughs> I don't know if it was How was your way? Please tell us. <laughs> now I need that visual. Do um, it. I would have to get on the ground. <laughs> Leap up and act all freaked out. I'm trying to do this as it's happening. It's just not quite the same. <laughs> I don't even remember the lines for that part anymore. Oh, I was I the only play I was ever in. Oh, no, I was in a few. Fiddler on the Roof, Rumpelstiltskin, Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, hell yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> bye Bye Birdie is so ridiculous. So it's ridiculous. So that was the, the worst top, one. <laughs> right? It's just like. And they ruined Rumpelstiltskin because the whole point mm-hmm. is they don't know his name. And the actress was like, I've forgotten the name of Rumpelstiltskin. And <laughs> everyone in the crowd was like, What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent here. Spoiler. I'm bringing myself back. I liked it. (laughs) I kind of needed it, actually. Okay, so we have three frightened, wool-headed farm boys running through Shadar Lagoth. I'm like slamming my... Three frightened, wool-headed boys. Slamming my my fist into my hand making this important point i don't know what i I'm think doing. maybe it's because you're a mother you know it's just maybe. like children please <laughs> children please just contain yourself just for like five minutes 
do the thing I asked you to do instead of the thing that you want to do. Stop this. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't have kids, but I feel the same way. Like, get it together, guys. Get out of there. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more just like a why would you think it was safe, which is perfect because once we get back to where everyone else is, Nynaeve loses her shit, of course, and is like, how dare you? Lance out looking for you, blah, blah, blah. And Maureen, of course, handles it much more gracefully because it's Moraine and she asks them to you I think know, she's she's run out of fucks to give at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> she's tired and she's like, I don't even know what to do with you. Good point. She's like, I've barely had any sleep. I've channeled my ass off. You guys are just fucking ridiculous. And then they mentioned that they met more death and she's like, wait, what? Excuse me, what? Yeah. And she's like, are you sure? Are you sure that's the name? And like, yes, absolutely sure. So then we get history lesson with Moraine where she talks about Aridol and how it had been part of the Ten Nations and a force against the dark. And I think we talk about Aridol more in our Minethrin episode. And Elida, too. Did we? Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about we've talked about how this has become this, but the main thing about this is that Trollocs are afraid of this place, Matrim. Why weren't you and your fellow Lubies smart enough to be afraid too, to at least ask if it would be safe for you to go out? Like the, it just it's so dangerous and stupid mm-hmm. and eighteen year old boy. And Robert Jordan really set this up in a clever way because as much as I want to be like, why would you do that? That's so dumb. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Moraine is so tired and they weren't exactly 100% forthcoming with everyone when they brought them to Shadow Mm -hmm. Lugoth. That's true. So, I mean, they kind of were just like, the Trollocs won't come here. Mm -hmm. We'll be safe for now. Stay Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And then... You know, they they could have put a little bit more fear into them, I feel yeah. like. But it was just, it, it got bypassed because Moraine is done. Yep. And I mean, she has the, well, we'll come to that later. But she has a way of knowing their location. So she probably mm-hmm. wasn't quite as worried as she could have been. But the one thing that I thought was really interesting, because in this she's telling them that, you know, more death had been... The advisor in Eridol and his battle cry, whatever you want to call it. In the book, it says, the victory of the light is all. That was the battle cry. Oh, that's exactly what they called it. That was the battle cry <laughs> more death gave them. And the men of Eridol shouted it while their deeds abandoned the light. I really like this because it's something that we see in real life over and over again people who proclaim that they are totally against totally for whatever it is this one thing Mm -hmm. but at the same time undermining it completely so i just really like this thought that it inserts there that this is what has happened i do just kind of want to observe that there have been two mentions of like body snatching in this chapter which is mildly disturbing like tom mentioned something about how like the dead can be raised and spirits can take bodies 
And now Maureen is like... Yeah, Tom... Oh, Tom Drill was like, don't joke about that. This is a serious thing. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of explaining like reincarnation wheel of time style. (laughs) Yeah, but with the possibility that it will not be a kind spirit that might over... Yeah, Yeah, or a kind process. Exactly. It could be really bad. And now in this, Maureen is saying that if someone were able to be escorted to the gates by Mordeth, Mordeth would be able to take that person's body and kind of like the light help the world if that happens. Um, Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Just just a little. I'm dry washing my hands right right? now like Mm. seven ball were. (laughs) As you should. So they are all convinced at this point that what they should do is sleep. Lan has gone out to search for them and has not come back yet when everybody is able to fall asleep. Um, Rand has nightmares, which is what wakes him. And so he is actually awake when Lan comes into the building. And I like this because it says Moraine came awake and sat up as if he had rung a bell. And it reminded me of New Spring and the ward that she set that would let her know if somebody like came close to her while she was sleeping. Or we were... her her car alarm yeah. on arrow on her horse. Yeah. I was like, maybe, <laughs> I mean, maybe she did have a bell. You just couldn't hear it. It's inside yeah. her head. And I was like, oh, hmm. Oh, that's true. Maybe that was a ward. Mm-hmm. You're right, Tracy. Right. You're right. And I mean, we wouldn't know that like at this point, even because I mean, New Spring doesn't get printed until much later, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's prequel material. So it's like, yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I just, well, think- it's just like we're just talking about Moraine's capabilities with true. channeling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't think wanna- that's a spoiler. I don't think so. I think it's cool that she has it. I like that it's in there, that that's how she like raises up. You know, she's immediately aware. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think when I probably read it the first few times, it was just the thought that they're they're bonded and that, you know, she would absolutely be aware of him coming yes. into there, especially with the news that he has, because there is a full fist of Trollocs in Shadarlagoth and they are being driven by not one, but former draw. Yeah. That's so, scary. Yeah, I mean, she probably felt land through the bond, like sheer terror or anger or wrath, whatever yeah. Lan is feeling. She yeah. probably felt it in that moment and sat up like, it's time, you know, yep. we got to go. Mm-hmm. I, I, feel like, I feel like the urgency was definitely spread through the bond, the bond. as well. Yeah. yeah. And so Moraine and, and Lan, of course, are like, all right, guys, we got to go. And this is my plan. We're going to leave. <laughs> We're going to get to the river's edge. I'm going to put up some sort of wacky ward and we're going to build some rafts or hope a ship turns up. This is the plan. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how I feel about this plan. How I, are you going to build rafts and be protected from Trollocs at the same time? I think that they could have just said, we need to run for our lives and hope for the best. Like, at that this point, because that's so what it is. much better. That would have been so much better. Oh, anyway. Chapter 20? Mm-hmm. All we are is dust in the wind. Okay, <laughs> chapter 20 is dust on the wind. And they got the song one, wrong. Yeah, once again, they 
are leaving and are being led by Lan because that's just how he rolls, I guess. (laughs) It is. And there's there's a lot of description here and they're talking about how icy and cold the wind is Mm -hmm. and the horses again are nervous and shadows seem to move within Shadar Logoth as they're leaving, Mm -hmm. but they don't see the eyes anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, there's moving shadows, but the eyes are gone. Okay. It's a a switch off. Is this (laughs) the better? (laughs) Right. I don't know which one is worse. We've had double the caffeine they needed. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They're on full charge. Yeah. So (laughs) Tom Drill and the Emmons fielders stick together and they're all huddled close. Mm -hmm. And they've noticed that Tom and the Emmons fielders are starting to fall behind Lan and Moraine. Mm -hmm. And then this fog comes in close and Moraine is like, stop. Mm -hmm. And everyone freezes and the fog starts to get thicker. Mm -hmm. And then the fog kind of reaches out like a tentacle. Mm-hmm. And Moraine is like, it's Mashadar. If it touches you, you will die. <laughs> and I love this because it's just like flat out Moraine giving us this very blunt description. And as a new reader, you'd be like, Mashadar, fog, touching right. you, dying. What is going on? At the same time, Moraine, why didn't you give them a heads up? Right. If you right. knew it was there, if you knew what it was, why didn't you tell them that they were about to walk out into like one of the most deadly cities anywhere? Right. Trikes right. are I, afraid to go there. there I assume are four she, fades. Yeah. Yeah. I assume she was trying to keep them mm. from being so nervous that they can't, you know, think straight, maybe. I don't know. But they're separated at this point. And Moraine says she cannot kill the fog. And she says we have to split up because mm-hmm. they're separated and this fog will kill them. <laughs> so she's like, okay, everyone, look up in the sky. Do you see the star? Okay, see the star? Follow it to the river. We're splitting up. Let's do this. Like, go. And go, 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 like, go. Yeah. Blue team, go. Don't stop until you get there and be silent. <laughs> and so... They all kind of like separate and Moraine is like, I'll find you, mm-hmm. you know, this reassuring. And, and then poof, Moraine and Lan are gone. They're just and gone. everyone. Yeah. And everyone else is just like, well, oh. shit. Hmm. OK, so we get this moment where everyone's kind of afraid to take the lead. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Cloud, the noble stallion <laughs> who's a racer, is like, I got this. I'll take the lead. And it kind of forces Rand into this leadership position. Mm-hmm. And the city is described as being kind of maze-like. Mm-hmm. And there are walls and barriers, and they can't quite get a direct path to the way that they want to go. Mm-hmm. And Rand's giving himself this internal pep talk, like, you know. (laughs) That's what I called it, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they kind of all gallop off, and then Trollocs pop up out of nowhere, and then there's this face-off, and the Trollocs are howling, and then the group kind of scatters. Yeah. And leave it to Cloud to be like, I'm out of (laughs) here. I love this horse. So... The troll. What What's interesting to me is it's described as the Trollocs being 
just as fast as the horses, mm. but they're not like long distance runners. Mm-hmm. Like they so, wear out sooner. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the the Trollocs are fast and Mashadar is still kind of like reaching out and doing his thing. And then Rand like ducks in the saddle and kind of like whips his head under Mashadar, this evil fog. And Cloud makes this majestic leap into the shadows, <laughs> like the wonderful stallion that he is. <laughs> I cry, stallion. <laughs> Cloud is a badass, for real. Um, and then these Trollocs get attached to Mashadar, mm-hmm. and this fog is like eating the Trollocs. And as the Trollocs are howling, Mashadar, this fog like goes into their throats and then their voices kind of stop and it's really creepy and cool. (laughs) And then the fades are affected also by Mashadar and they're Mm -hmm. like twitching and like silently screaming. And I love, I just, I think this is so cool. It's really dark and I just I don't know this is one of these cinematic epic things that I can really see in my head absolutely Mm -hmm. and the book describes the uh, the Merdral's howls like whining but Mm. then like the buzzing of hornets and Mm -hmm. it's so cool so our group kind of is all split up Mm -hmm. and Rand stops Cloud at this kind of intersection Mm -hmm. where he's not sure where to go yeah and he's like well shit i'm alone i guess i have to go to the river Mm -hmm. so he sees something kind of out of nowhere and he starts to swing his sword desperately and he almost hits matt and matt's like hey Hey. what are you doing (laughs) why do you why do we keep meeting this way right right (laughs) and then tom drill shows up yelling and he's like run you fools (laughs) and Rand throughout this whole process Rand can't stop thinking about Egwene like Mm -hmm. poor Egwene I hope she's safe what if we lose her I promise to protect her yeah and then we like split this chapter and go to Perrin's point of view Mm -hmm. and Perrin is kind of like ordering his thoughts and I love how he has this moment where he's like, everyone thinks I'm slow because I like to think things through slowly, unlike Matt. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, did you? that's like such a subtle burn on right? Matt. Just calling it like it is. Yeah. And then Perrin sees a fountain and a gate and he's thinking, okay, I could make a run for it, but it's too exposed. Mm -hmm. And if I do, I'm out in the open. Mm -hmm. And Lan said there's a hundred Trollocs and maybe four fades. So Perrin meets up with another horse, grabs his axe, but it's only Egwene. And he's kind of telling himself like, okay, Moraine said we can do this. Mm -hmm. And he's got faith in her, which is kind of fun because... All the Emmons fielders are very weary of Aes Sedai. So mm-hmm. we kind of like are switching things slowly now. I agree. And there's a little bit of trust happening. Mm-hmm. And then they hear more howls from the Trollocs. So Perrin and Egwene kind of gallop off, but Bella falls behind. Mm-hmm. And Perrin's riding hard. He's gripping his axe. His horse screams and he doesn't even realize it, but he just fell into the river. Right. So now he's separated from his horse. 
He's splashing around, and then spears are shooting through the air all around him into the water. He doesn't get hit, and he's getting dragged by the current. And he's yelling for Egwene, and his clothes are getting heavy, and his axe is weighing him down, and his boots are full of water, Mm -hmm. and he's kind of sinking. And he's trying his hardest to tread water, but it gets to the point where he thinks he can't do it any longer and Mm -hmm. he's freezing and then he gets pulled by the current and finds the ground so yeah he makes it out yeah and then we switch to Rand's point of view (laughs) is that i just wanted to to check in because i'm pretty sure other than the prologue and ravens which isn't even in the first one like the first publication of the first book is this the first time we get a point of view outside of Rand? yes okay that's what i was from that from the Emmons Field characters, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. No. Good point out. I, I just, I was kind of like, it happens in a really natural way, but I was like, wait a minute. Is this? Well, I, yeah, I like this because we're splitting everyone up and there's chaos and then we're kind of like shooting around mm-hmm. and this is happening here and then that's going on over here. And mm-hmm. I like how it feels. It makes it quicker. I it feel does. Like. I think it it adds the richness to the story that just makes it better. Like being in the first book, I feel really impatient to get to the next book, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. we've talked about this, how I'm just, I'll like skim through stuff. And sometimes it's really hard to be like, okay, I'm still sitting here going through the first book, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I love this. It's just, it's just, I think it's just hard on the reread though, because there's so much info dumping where you're like, okay, 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 I mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> but, but for a new reader, like I remember feeling really overwhelmed when I was like a 15, 16 year old, however old I was when I first started yeah. reading these books. Like it was overwhelming to me. There's just a lot of information, a lot of mystery dropped in there, but it's all like it has that really nice acceleration where each chapter really starts to pull you on more and more and more and before you know it you're at the end of the book so yeah I mean that's how I read it and this so is, having this to like is... start and stop start and stop mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is the moment I remember on my first read where I was like oh things are picking up like all this action mm-hmm. and I was really loving it yeah but <laughs> you have to go through a lot of info to get yeah. here mm-hmm. it's so, worth it it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, it is worth it. Mm-hmm, I agree. So we're back to Ran, and he's kind of patting Cloud. The Trollocs have fallen behind them, mm-hmm. and they're kind of searching for the star. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a Trolloc jumps, jumps out, and it's got one of its catch poles. Mm-hmm. And I believe Matt shoots it with an arrow. I know he takes at least one out. Okay. Like he shoots it right in the eye. Yeah. yeah, and then this is that moment where I'm like, fuck yeah, Matrim Coffin! <laughs> yes! Yeah, that's and then, just so quick. He's so quick on the draw. Yes! All of them are. Like, yes. Okay. All right, guys. All right, like subtle badass. I where know, are you right? hiding that at? <laughs> and then not only is Matt being a total badass, but all of a sudden Tom does something and the Trollocs start to scream. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Tom Drill is like whipping knives at them. And then he's like, well, gosh darn it, I just lost my best knives. My second best knives. Or his second best knives. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> that part and thinking, your second 
best like how do you choose do you put them all over yourself and you just know by feel which one is your second best set versus your best yes. set I just don't yeah but I love it like it just it's those it's that quick line drop where you're like oh wait a minute who the fuck is Tom why does he know this. how to do this why does I he have a second best set of knives right right how many sets does he have exactly <laughs> I mean, maybe he has like 10 and we just don't know about it. He's very clanky when he moves. <laughs> Can you imagine? All of the pockets of his Gleeman's cloak have different kinds of throwing daggers. <laughs> One... And One... I'm sorry, but I keep calling Tom Tom Drill because I'm ridiculous. And I just found out recently that Tom's real name is Tom Drill. <laughs> and now that's all I want to call it's him. It's confusing. It's worth using the whole it thing. Is. Why not? Um, I my favorite part in this moment is actually when Tom comes like basically running between Matt and Rand and is like, run, you fools. And they're like, yes. oh, OK, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the chaos ensues. But I just love that image yeah. of like, because can you see him? He's he's a. am sure he's a, a really He's good at riding a horse mm -hmm. and he's probably going full speed mm -hmm. and maybe he's clinking. Maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> His mustache is like flowing in the flowing wind, in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> like Sam Elliott. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, he's Sam like, Sam Elliott would have made it an amazing Tom. <laughs> But okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I never thought I mean, about that. I I would trust Tom. I would trust Tom with my life. Right. Love the guy. He's yeah. a badass too, throwing knives. So, okay. Um <laughs> we are past the whole knives situation. And then they come up to the river, Arenel, mm -hmm. and they see a boat. And Tom says, Well, maybe the captain might be reasonable. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of discussing things. And again, Trollocs like jump out. And Tom's like, do. Run, yeah, run to the boat. It's Trolloc so, Jack in the Box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like whack a mole, whack a Trolloc. <laughs> What's this? Ding, 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 pop. Like, that's all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it's a crazy Trolloc. And how, I don't like, know what how music. Good? How good are they at hiding that they're just like popping out everywhere? You well, know what I mean? Yes. And, or are and, they just that fast that they caught up and then? Actually, I'm really glad you asked that because that ties into our next chapter. So we'll talk about that when we get there. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Not that there's a real answer, but there's more questions to go around it. Mm -hmm. mm. I like that. So at this point, I'm hype. I am so hype because... All the men on the boat are like running around and shouting and they see the Trollocs. So they're hacking at the ropes to cut the boat right. loose, trying to get out of there. And as Rand kind of like gets to where he needs to be, mm -hmm. something hits him mm -hmm. hard and he loses his sword. Mm -hmm. And it's a Trolloc like a balancing on the railing of the boat <laughs> and it's coming after him. And oh, I got, an I, got, I got it. I got it. Yeah. And it. This is another one of those like very cartoony moments right. where it almost seems larger than life. Mm -hmm. So the Trolloc is driving like this broken catch pull at him and mm -hmm. Rand thinks he's going to get stabbed. And he's like, this is it. This is die. how I die. Mm -hmm. This is the end, you know. And then 
Rand is like screaming and he mm-hmm. he's like no <laughs> and then this massive boom explodes and the trollocs is swept aside it's the and then, it's the boom arm of the the ship oh i thought it was an actual boom it is <laughs> but it's the boom of the ship <laughs> no, I, I mean like the noise I need to not read things when I'm half asleep or have been working for 12 hours. It's okay because it's a word that could be either way. And it's one of those situations that's so chaotic that anything could have happened. Like an actual damn onomatopoeia got me. I thought it was like an actual boom. Okay. It could have been. I love this. This Mm -hmm. is so much better. So it makes it way less cartoony, I guess. So it's the actual boom arm hitting the trollic and sweeping Mm -hmm. it aside. Hmm. Okay. I think that's what it's called anyway. It might not be a boom arm, but I'm pretty sure that's, I'm just going to quick Google. I don't, I don't know my, I don't know my boat terminology. Do we have any listeners who are like sailors and can (laughs) give us a 101 on how ships work? Yeah. Yeah. On boat parts. Okay, while you're looking that up, a man on the ship yells, go, Gelb! And I think that's funny because (laughs) Gelb is yellow in German, which is Oh, like yellow. Strange. What about like You yellow yellow belly sap sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Which fits this guy perfectly because he was asleep. He was Mm -hmm. sleeping on the job and the captain is like, what are you doing? And Rand is listening to this guy yelling about, and he's like, I can't understand this man at all. And we find out that it is the Captain Bale Doman. Welcome, Bale. Yes. Bale. Yeah, and I, I, I was so excited to get here. And he's yelling at Gelb, and he's like, gosh, dang it, Gelb, you were sleeping on the job. And Gelb is all like, this Rand guy is in league with the Trollocs. And Bale is like, more in league with my aged grandmother. grandmother. <laughs> and I die. I I was deceased. <laughs> and now I'm back. And now you're talking corpse. My guy. You're on your <laughs> <Now> CV too. <laughs> so Rand is like, I want to turn back. Like, what about the others? And can you wait for them? And Bale is like, you no, fool. dude, like that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and and we haven't been standing still anyway. We've been right sailing yeah. on Bale, this ship you landed yeah. on, which you saw us cut ropes to yeah, free Bale, away from. <laughs> Bale is like, did you think we were just floating here stationary this whole time, you moron? Like what? we are all the way down the river. What do you want me to do? Reverse, so, reverse the current. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, what am I, God? What am I, the creator? (laughs) So, I do be a pirate. I'm sorry, I do be a sailor. He's not really a pirate, but gosh darn it, I do be Bale, the creator. Fortune prick me. (laughs) We do that one. We should use that intro at some point too. 
Especially Fortune now that we've got... prick me. Maybe, maybe we do it today. Who Ooh, knows? It is a fun one. Yeah. So Bale is like, all right, come down to the cabin and let's have a talk. Mm-hmm. And we know now that the ship is called the Spray and Bale wants answers. And Tom's all like, well, I am nothing but a humble gleeman. And these boys are my apprentices. So Tom is Look at telling. My cloak. Yeah, Tom is telling, telling this like very elaborate story about how he was trapped in the mountain snow and heard of a treasure in Arid Hall. And then he found a map from a dying friend in Ilion. And then he sets out with his apprentices and they found ruins and dreadlords and trollocs and mashadar oh and et cetera and et cetera. <laughs> and Bale is like, yeah, I don't know about all that. But he did see the trollocs, so mm-hmm. he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll go with it. Well, and, and he also thinks that the trollocs are after him. Because he makes a couple comments. Oh, you have that coming? Okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Take, take a swig. Yeah, yeah. So Tom's like, well, we lost all the treasure with the horses, Mm -hmm. but the treasure was tainted by the dark one. And Bale's like, okay, well, I'm going to need some money for passage. Mm -hmm. And Tom's like, "Hmm, I'm sorry, but we don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like eyeing Rand sword. Right. And we learn that. This is the quote. Bale doesn't give free passage, not even to his own mother. <laughs> and Rand and Matt, like a couple of fools, are like, we have coin. Mm-hmm. And then they give the coin that Moraine gave them to Bale Doman. Mm-hmm. So keep this in your back pocket. It'll come up later. Mm-hmm. And Bale wants to take them directly to Whitebridge. Mm-hmm. And they haggle a bit. And Bale says he's not going to stop until they get there. Mm-hmm. And then we get the story of Bale Doman saying that he wintered in Saldea. And we get his backstory a little bit, which is reaffirming all of the crazy tales that Lan and Moraine yep. have heard mm-hmm. from rumors from all of their travels that they've been doing where people are mm-hmm. talking about the Trollocs coming down hard on Saldea. Yeah. So Bale Doman, like as you previously mentioned, <laughs> thinks that the Trollocs might be like personally after him because right. he's been, they've been on his they've tail. They've been on his tail. Yeah. Which is so, weird, like how oddly fortuitous is it that he's had this weird run-in with Trollocs so it makes this bizarro tale that Tom gives him seem like, like believable. it could be true. Yeah, he's yeah. like, well, I saw Trollocs and I actually know what they are and for some odd reason they've been chasing me, so this makes total <laughs> sense that. to me. You're good. Yes. But pay yes. me. I want to so see By some the money. way, <laughs> now I've just got the ODB song stuck in my head, like... Baby, I got your money. Mm. So, yeah. Then we get this little moment between Tom and Rand, and Rand is still worried about Egwene. And this Mm -hmm. keeps, this this is a theme here. Mm -hmm. And Tom's like, no, no, she's with Moraine and Lan. Mm -hmm. She's probably fine. fine. And Rand is like, I just wish that I would have tried harder. (laughs) And then we kind of close out this chapter. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what we do, actually. Worrying about Egwene. So yeah. this, this will be a theme. It is. And I mean, it's actually a theme that I feel is one that is easily recognizable as being almost overly concerned about someone else's well-being without acknowledging the fact that they could and can take care of themselves without you. So Rand, in some ways, without even really meaning to, is almost undermining Egwene's ability to take care of herself, which is, I mean, I guess nice, but I also don't know how I feel about it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Do I make any sense right now? No, I I totally understand that 100%, but I also see it as it could be something like a coping mechanism. Mm. Like, like sometimes if I'm trying to do something for myself, it's hard. Yeah. But if someone that I cared about was like, oh, I'm just having such a hard time and I need help with this, then I would be like, oh, I'll do that for you immediately. Mm-hmm. And I forget, you know, any type of anxiety that I would have had for myself. Yes. So maybe it's just kind of like this coping thing where he's he knows he's in danger mm-hmm. and he's thinking about Egwene saying like I could do this for her Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but it actually makes a lot of sense but I still really love your input on it because I think it could I don't know this it's mildly like weird chivalrous thing but it's also kind of like a teensy bit demeaning where it's like Mm -hmm. what you don't think I can take care of myself well and Egwene's got that chip on her shoulder from the first moment we meet her like she doesn't really like being told what she can and cannot do she's going to be the best water carrier ever she's going to be the youngest to get her hair braided this is yeah this is from the ravens chapter exactly Like like when she's like nine you know, yeah. so like we so know that she's 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 sad. been like this since she was a toddler, I'm sure. Yeah, I will do things. I will be fine. And I mean, we'll see later on, like what happens with her and Perrin, which actually kind of supports this whole t- tangent. This wasn't really a tangent. It was still on topic. But let's move to the next chapter anyway, yeah. if you're good. Are you good? Yeah. All right. We're going to we're make already this one... at an hour. I was going to say, I'm going to make this one super fast because there's really not a whole heck of a lot that happens in this chapter. Like we kind of just talked one about big. Before. Yeah. Just one big. The biggest mind. thing on this one. Yeah. Nine finds out she can channel and that land can track her, but was totally ignorant to the fact that she was hiding behind him at the same time. Well, wait, she was tracking land, wasn't she? Yeah. But then she, he needed to go get her horse. And she was like, ha ha, let's see if he can follow my tracks. And she was like looking forward to him coming back without her horse. Like she was looking forward <laughs> to it. Naive, I thought, you're so weird and I love you so much. I yeah. thought she was like sneakily just trying to spy on them mm-hmm. and kind of trying trying to get whatever information she could. Mm-hmm. And then Moraine, I think, was so... Mm-hmm. focused on mm-hmm. the situation that was happening she didn't quite realize it until Nynaeve was so close mm-hmm. and Nynaeve was channeling I think to maybe hear them I don't know like because I don't... that's how okay so regardless if she was channeling or not mm-hmm. Mor- Moraine can feel her that presence because mm-hmm. she has the ability to channel yes and the thing the thing that I I think we've kind of missed out on detail when we've been talking about like the 
initiates to the White Tower, and that's how many girls die. And we've talked about this before. Yes, and because I don't... we were we were talking about. Okay, <laughs> I just stopped myself. <laughs> okay, congratulations. Because we we yeah we had mentioned something earlier about not knowing mm-hmm. the effects uh, of channeling on a wilder. Yeah, and, and now so... we finally learn it. Yeah, and so, and I had it wrong too. In Ravens, I had thought it was like when a queen was sick. I thought that that was a reaction from her touching the power for the first time, but it was actually her being sick, and in the result of that, it was Nynaeve touching Neep. the source for the yes. first time, which yes. is what connects her to a queen. <laughs> yes. And I had that backwards when we were talking about it during Ravens. So I just wanted to come back and be like, "Hey, I was wrong on that. This is actually how it happened." And but this is great because it confirms it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and like Maureen is like, "You knew exactly where to go." in Barrelon. So you either healed Perrin or you healed Aguin. Which one was it? And she's like, fuck my life. Poor Nynaeve. Like, she immediately thinks that she's a dark one Aes Sedai if this is the path that she has no choice but to take. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she has this moment of really thinking about it, she's thinking about the wisdom that she apprenticed under Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. had already had an apprentice previously. Who died in the way that... Yeah, Moraine is describing, mm-hmm. yeah, as a as a wilder. And then Moraine also said, what is it, three out of four wilders yeah, it's, will yep. die this die way. Die screaming and convulsing within two to five years after the last reaction occurs. And in this, she says, there's nothing that can stop it from happening. Like, if they mm-hmm. don't receive proper training within that specific period of time, they will die. Like, a one in four chance of surviving. So Nynaeve surviving the way that she has is an incredible feat. Kind in of, of miraculous. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was really, I want to say kind, possibly compassionate on Moraine's side was when Nynaeve is like, I thought I could just listen to the wind. You know, she's like, I didn't, I didn't think that this was anything other than being able to do that. I thought this is what every wisdom could do. And Maureen was like, well, of course. That's yeah. what you've been raised to believe. That's what everyone around you has been raised to believe. But the wisdoms have to know to some extent that some of them are special and different in different ways. And I do think that the wisdom, like this wisdom in particular who trained Nynaeve, we see it in Ravens when Nynaeve is doing up that bandage and she comes in and double checks it and she's surprised slash disappointed that it hasn't mm-hmm. healed, you know? So she's aware that Nynaeve has a special skill. Something she's, special. Yeah, she's just like, you'll be an exceptional wisdom. She doesn't say mm-hmm. anything about the fact that it is unusual other yes, than the fact mistress, that like mistress mistress baron is yes. her name mm-hmm. and i kind of like i would love more backstory on this woman like she she almost feels like she would be okay i gotta stop myself <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is so hard so spoilers after the break yeah and i mean really those were the main things that i wanted to touch on from that that particular channel or not channel chapter um is that we find out that Nynaeve can channel. She's not happy about it. She makes Moraine promise not to tell anybody. Land's a bit thrown off by it and like almost calls her Nynaeve Sedai, it seems like. Yes. Uh, which I find really kind of interesting. He's like because... Nynaeve 
dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hmm. But hmm. she recognizes what he's about to say, and yeah. she doesn't know how she feels about it. Mm-mm. Not good. So they talk through what they need to do, and they decide that they're going to head downriver, which so far, Matt, Tom, and Rand are all heading downriver, and now we have Nynaeve, our Lan and Moraine all going downriver as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the majority of our party. And now we go on to the next chapter. Yes. I do want to point out that at this point, Moraine has no clue where Egwene is. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the driving force between mm-hmm. Nynaeve and Moraine at this Good point. point. Because Thank Nyne- you. Nynaeve is single-minded like Mm -hmm. focused on getting to Egwene Mm -hmm. and she's furious that Moraine is like no like she'll be safe the Trollocs aren't after her we need to go to the boys Mm -hmm. so then we get to chapter 22 a path chosen Mm -hmm. and this was a shorter chapter so Perrin wakes up and he has slept (laughs) <laughs> in a lightly treed area on the opposite side of the river mm-hmm. after his swim, his, I don't know what you want to call it. It certainly didn't seem pleasant. No, no. And no. he is still wet and mm-hmm. cold and he is starving. He's lost his horse, but thankfully he still has his axe and then he had his sling mm-hmm. and a line for snares. Mm-hmm. And he's like very call of the wild <laughs> moment. <laughs> and again, this gets brought up. He's thinking about Egwene and he's worried about whether she made it across the Aranel River. Mm-hmm. And he's noticing that the forest on the other side of the river is a little bit more densely treed mm-hmm. um it's not as sparse as where he's at mm-hmm. so he's kind of like slinking behind wooded areas and then when there's an open spot with no trees he's just like running crouch in running. spurts <laughs> yeah so he's like crouch 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 run 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 crouch mm-hmm. crouch run and i actually <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry no 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 go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say like naive when she's before she comes across Maureen and Lan, she's looking across at the other side of the river and she's like, well, if the younglings are over there, they're hiding themselves well. And I'm like, as they should be. Yeah. Like, of course, you're not going to <laughs> yeah. see them. They're not that dumb. They're hiding. There were Trollocs chasing them, you know? And that's that's a really good point because at least, like, they've made a lot of dumb decisions, but at least they can track, they can hunt, they, they can, can hide. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they can hide. They know so. how to start a small fire if they need to. Right. You know, they're resourceful kids. Good job, guys. Th- thank the creator. <laughs> so Perrin reaches a spot where it's completely bare and he finds shoe prints from a horse. Mm-hmm. So he kind of starts to follow those. And then in a clearing, he finds Egwene and she is holding a branch like a club and kind of like hiding behind Bella. Uh-huh. But she has a fire made and she's actually like, really doing well yeah and Perrin yeah. is like wow okay like, I was cool. all worried about her and she's yeah. dry and has a fire and is prepared to like yeah and I think the thing that's fun about that too is Perrin recognizes the hoof prints of Bella because of a special thing that Master Luhan does to 
the, the shoe, shoe when the horses get their shoes done. Well, he yeah, he has and a moment like, and he's Aw. like, it could be a it could be a trollic hoof print, but I know it's not because yeah. they wouldn't wear shoes like this. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, like how nice. He thinks he he thinks about Master Luhan quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of one of these things where it's interesting that he's not thinking about his family, but he he has this really close connection to Master well, Luhan. Well, if he was apprenticed to him, like we see in Ravens, his apprenticeship to Master Luhan is being arranged. And we know that the Ibar- Ibarra's, Ibarra's uh, parents' family, they live like kind of out in the woods area. They don't live inside Emmons Field proper. Mm-hmm. So he, as apprentice, probably lived with the Luhans for the last nine years. Yeah, and, like, I was only... just going to say, like, that's like a, like a father-son relationship, Absolutely. like a true mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm sure he sees Alsbet as like a second mother. Yeah. And why but, wouldn't you? She's yeah. amazing. I'd claim her. I know, right? <laughs> Take that's me. That's my mom. That's my mom. Take me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I Adopt love my mom. me. But, uh, yeah. So... Anyways, Egwene has a fire going and mm-hmm. she's kind of rubbing his hands warm and feeds him some of her dried meat and cheese or mm-hmm. whatever she's got all wrapped up in her wax paper. Mm-hmm. And apparently Bella had swum her across the river. Yay, and- Bella! Mm-hmm. Okay, Bella. But unfortunately, she hasn't found any of the others. Mm-hmm. And Perrin thinks slowly but surely that they could wait for the others, but then he's working it out that the Trollocs might have already found them. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, well, everyone could be dead. Whitebridge isn't an option because that's where the fades will go to look first. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, let's go directly to Camelin. Mm-hmm. And Egwene kind of agrees to it. Mm-hmm. And he thinks to himself, if Moraine doesn't find them in Camelin, he will go to straight to Tarvalin and straight to the Amarlin seat. Mm-hmm. And that's where we end the chapter. Ba-bum! Yay! And so they are heading towards Camelin. Rand and Matt and Tom are heading towards Whitebridge. Whitebridge. And so are Lan, Moraine, Nynaeve, and Moraine. Yes, yes. There's, so we've got <laughs> we've got a couple of groups now. Yeah, which is nice because now we're starting like because the the chapter with Nynaeve is told from Nynaeve's point of view, and Nynaeve's point of view is always so interesting because she's such a cantankerous, sensitive, caring person. Yeah, and she doesn't want to show that she has this like. soft center yeah she's like her drive to heal comes from a place of hope and kindness and caring and she just doesn't feel like she can show that and i feel it so yeah i just i just want to like hug her and be like you're perfect how you are you don't have to pretend you You don't don't. care we know you care care all you want (laughs) you can be like me and all your emotions can come Pouring out of your tear ducts. Pouring out at the most unexpected moments. You just have no idea. Andrew's like, you just kind of well up when you cry. And I was like, I know. I I know. I just just flat out ugly cry. I hold it in. And then I'm like, snot, you know. (laughs) Coughing. 
Um, I have had my moments like that for sure, but I, I have, I cry so often that I've stopped trying to stop crying and it makes things much easier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not holding back. This will pass. (laughs) Yeah. It it leaks a little and I can grab a tissue and like lightly pat my face and take a couple deep breaths and then I'm okay. Like speaking of crying, I do not know how I've made it the past two weeks. This has been, this move has been the longest and most excruciating process of my life through a pandemic, through lockdown, hardware stores closing, not being able to buy things that we need, not being able to have contractors come out and work on things. I don't know how I am sitting here right now today. You're amazing. And this is my last recording in my little loft. It's so attic crazy. I mean, seriously, I don't know if I've ever room. seen like all the way through all the way back your loft. <laughs> <laughs> There's just boxes here and me. Ugh. Well, fingers so, crossed. Maybe that'll be me soon too. Yeah. So let's. Should we take a break? And then oh yeah. Spoiler time. Yeah. Okay. Am I calling you? Awesome. Or are you calling me? I'll, I'll call, call you. I'll call. Okay. I made it. I, made dun, it. Dun, dun. I am like, I am so paint splattered and my mm-hmm. hands are so dry that my phone won't recognize my fingerprint anymore to unlock the screen. Oh my God. <laughs> I've ruined my fingerprints. <laughs> oh, God. oh, I'm so sorry. <sighs> Life. Speaking of life and rotating around this rock. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say happy birthday to Melchior Talks and Snakes and mm-hmm. Foxes. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! I don't... I love birthdays. I'm a big birthday fan. Last Me year, too. my birthday was during the pandemic, so we went camping. <laughs> and it was wonderful. <laughs> I honestly don't remember what we did for my birthday. I'm sure if I thought about it long enough, I Wait, would remember. Wait, did you go to Savannah or Charleston? Was that for we your did birthday? That for Christmas. Okay. We've we have gone to Charleston for my birthday before, but that was my 39th birthday. Um, I had a really glorious 40th birthday party. It was amazing. Like one of my friends even brought, like he owns a bunch of different fireworks places in Fort Wayne and so he brought the glow lanterns yes. that you can like let off because I was like I don't want fireworks I don't really like them and he mm-hmm. was like okay I'll bring something really cool and so like everyone lanterns had are so pretty it was so it was so beautiful it was so beautiful it was a great time I love birthdays so happy birthday Stacey happy Foxes birthday and Rob our lives are better because you are a part of it yes happy yes birthday. yes 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 all right are we moving on to spoilers, spoilers, spoiler stuff? Yeah. I don't even know. Did I write anything in the spoilers? <laughs> yeah, you wrote a lot, actually. <laughs> Did I? Okay. Okay, cool. It was like a I'm full like, page for chapter 19. Okay, cool. That makes up for me, like, not really having anything. I'm sure once we start talking about it again, I'll be like, spoiler, spoiler this. Mm-hmm. So this is just a tiny thing, but Tom taking Aldeeb's, Aldeeb's reins mm-hmm. to tend to her horse. I was like, oh. Why why did you choose Maureen's horse? Tom. Tom That's Drill. That's a good point, Tom Drill. 
Why did he pick why did he pick Moraine's horse? Does he have a tiny crush on the tiny Aes Sedai? <laughs> a tiny crush on the tiny Aes Sedai. <laughs> He's like, maybe I like her. I mean, who who wouldn't, right? Right? I mean, Nynaeve is crushing on Lan. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe Tom is crushing on Yeah, maybe maybe Tom is like, I will take this opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) To show her I am useful. Yeah. I know how to take care of horses. It's so sad that she wasn't there to see his knife throwing skills. Right? She would have loved that. She loved when he was doing so his impressed. knife flourishing. So she would have been like, <laughs> she would have clapped. Well, and it's another one of those transformations. And I kind of meant to talk about this earlier. But when we meet Tom, he is described as stoop shouldered. Mm-hmm. And now he is galloping out of a city on the back of yes. a horse. Yes. You know, throwing like, knives. Run, you fools. Taking my command. Best set of knives. Yeah. Who is this guy? Like, he's suddenly just this entirely different character. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like that. Nynaeve's tirade about how Moraine and Lan need her herbs, that uh, even the one power in his sword, like, they can't do everything. And mm-hmm. she's, she's right. Yeah. She's right in so many ways. And I think it's... I like how Tom was kind of like warning her to like step lightly around Moraine with this whole force feeding her herbs. Right. But I think Nynaeve is so single focused Mm -hmm. that something like that wouldn't even make her pause. She was just like, get out of my way. I'm doing this. And I think think when Rand starts... The Black Tower, and he insists that every man be trained in the sword and in the one power. It's the idea that the one power will not always save you in every situation. Yes. And it's it's another one of those attempts at some sort of balance, even if this is a balance intended for violence. I don't remember if it was the Ineptitudes of the White Tower episode (laughs) where we were talking about how the Yellow Aja being healers should be trained with herbs like a wisdom because yeah. as we see during the last battle mm-hmm. and as mm-hmm. we see in this chapter Moraine has completely drained herself from channeling yep so mm-hmm. how important would it be to have more more skill sets <laughs> yeah than with, just relying on the one yes, power yes yes yeah so i feel i feel like this little push like this nudge in this direction starts really early and I hadn't really recognized how early this starts and I mean we know later on also Aguin's drive to join together the various groups of women that can channel and so they can learn from each other and the wise ones they seem very much like the wisdoms yeah. in some ways like they they but they are aware of the channeling and they also train in channeling but not every wise one is a channeler. So same with the wisdoms. Right. So that's, I think that that's interesting. That's something that I scribbled down on my notepad when we were talking about Mistress Baron, um, mm-hmm. the wo- the woman that Nynaeve apprenticed under. She seems like she has a pretty clear idea of what channeling is, but mm-hmm. kind of circumnavigates it and doesn't ever really actually explain it, but is aware mm-hmm. of it. 
And mm-hmm. it kind of gave me these, like, kin vibes where... Very. It's kind of like a secretive thing because <laughs> they don't want to channel in front of any mm-hmm. Aes Sedai, and they're very weary of that. And it kind of made me be like, oh, maybe Mistress Baron knows a little bit more than... I think so. Like, Nynaeve has that realization where she's like, well, the the apprentice before me died like this, and there was news of other apprentices that had come from like Devon Ride or yeah. wherever that that had also happened too. So this is something that every wisdom in some way is going to be really aware of. And I think that in that moment where Mistress Baron is watching Nynaeve, she's not just watching for this because she wants to see if Nynaeve can heal using the one power she needs to kind of prepare herself for the fact that Nynaeve Nynaeve could die yeah exactly yeah exactly like she if she has done this for as long as we think we have and this has been going on for as long as it probably has been Mm -hmm. going on she knows exactly what to look for and so she's actually probably afraid for Nynaeve's life yes yes I would love more of a backstory on her but we could just make it up as Say we go along. It's what we yeah. do with so many. <laughs> we, do, yeah. we do with so many other things. Mistress Baron. Yeah. And her time with Nynaeve. Matt's concern over some dead man speaking through his mouth. I <laughs> I have like all caps in my notes. It, because Perrin is like jesting like, yeah, maybe you're King Aemon reborn. And yeah. I'm like, there it is. There it is. <laughs> this is one of these fan theories that I live for. And mm-hmm. we did, we talked about this on the Manetheran episode, how mm-hmm. when Matt wakes up from being healed in the tower after mm-hmm. he's got the dagger and he's got the sickness, he's having these fever dreams and he's dreaming about the war that brought Manetheran down. And he's mm. he's calling his I forget what what it was called, a part of the Manetheran army, but it was like one of the groups of the army and he's mm-hmm. commanding them as mm-hmm. King Aemon would have. So it's really cool for Perrin to say this and it get brought up right here yep. in Eye of the World. Yeah, and I also, like, the other thing about that is Rand has a reincarnated person living inside his head. Yes. <laughs> it's not that far of a stretch for that to be Matt's yes. case, too. And this is this is the same chapter where Tom is saying, don't joke mm-hmm. about, you know, Exactly. Having... I think I even, did I write it down? The dead can be reborn or take a living body, and it is not something to speak of lightly. Yeah, and, and Tom's like, it's your roots, the blood of old Manetheran. So Yeah, and you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Snakes and foxes called, because <laughs> we talked about Moraine. How did she know his, like, heredity? Like, what was his background? Yeah. Did she know that through a weave or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Snakes and foxes test. called it 23 and weave. <laughs> The 23 and weave test. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely I love brilliant. It. <laughs> Goes down as secret weaves. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do think that that's interesting. And then that's like that moment, too, where Matt's got all this holes in his brain and whatnot. But here, the Well, this is before... Mm -hmm. This is before the Tower of Genjai. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's not... It's not a memory that was replaced with something else. No, which no, is what so I, cool. What, what I kind of think about it is in that moment where Matt is being healed and he has those memories that are missing, maybe in some way his brain, soul, spirit, whatever mm-hmm. it is, is looser and is able oh. to like kind of touch back to yes. where he may have been. Yes. You know what I mean? So maybe it's like, like the Finn are able to fill in those holes for him later on, but maybe there was a part of him that was already yeah, because able a, to do that in a way. Because it's a traumatic experience, what he's just gone through, like super mm-hmm. traumatic. And this is also parallel to when Rand is put inside the box and he's mm-hmm. trying to break free. And that's the moment in the books where Luz Theron is the most vocal inside of him, mm-hmm. kind of. So yeah. maybe it mm-hmm. has something to do with this, like, traumatic experience, maybe. Mm. Being able to, like, break through to the other side and gaps You have being... to be almost dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And a little mentally broken. Yeah. And voila, past life achieved. Yes. <laughs> Yes. In the event, if you ever wondered, this is how you reach your formerly reincarnated so, self. Yeah. It sounds terrible. High five <laughs> through the brain. Brain high five. Reincarnation. I like it. But this also, of course, makes me think of the Forsaken later on and how the Dark One pulls Lanfear, Grendel, um, Agenor, Bethamal. Ishamael. Did I get all of them that were killed and that were then brought back in different bodies? I think so. Don't quote me yeah. on that. No, that's okay. <laughs> My brain it's, is broken. That's... I'm going to be reincarnated soon. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to well, hear about it. That'll be such a fun podcast. Can I pick Meet who Amber. I'm reincarnated by? <laughs> I'm here with my friend Amber and her reincarnated self, from Angela Lansbury. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's still alive. Is she? Yeah. I don't even know. God, I shouldn't I mean, joke about that make? because I love her. She's, she's delightful. She's Mrs. Potts but I'm... and Jessica Fletcher. I mean, come on. I, I love it's a good, good mystery. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. But isn't the the dark one the one that says like the grave is no bar to my call or something like that? Is it is it that or is that the theme for the horn? <laughs> I think it might be for the horn. Either or. Either it way. Fits. I feel as though there was definite creep factor and manipulation factor that didn't get used the way that it could have slash should have been used in the book. Because if the Dark One can raise people from the dead, why during the last battle didn't he, like, I don't know, raise Swan and Gareth Brine to start fighting inside the camp on the side of the Dark One instead of just being dead? Like, I would have appreciated that more than the, oh, yeah, they're dead. 
that we got for mm, those two characters. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. But maybe like, why didn't they maybe pass there wasn't enough time for them to break the brain barrier if they get reincarnated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if he's like the like he could just like reach into his pool of souls and be like, put that there, you know, and now you're mine. <laughs> Who would, I don't know if that's actually how pick? it works. Who would you pick if you were the dark one to fight on your side? <laughs> to, bring, to bring back? Yeah. Oh, what a good question. Mm. I'd pick Nynaeve. Oh, I'd yeah. Because her. she's, I mean, she's like God, like Shin Godzilla when he goes nuclear, you know, mm-hmm. like lasers. And mm-hmm. that's, oh, that's such a sore spot for me. I'm just, I'm just sad that the last battle didn't get a Nynaeve going nuclear right as much as she does as will many of time on prime things. make it happen <laughs> please i beg of you i, I know you're listening like... <laughs> not every week every week they listen to us they're hardcore fans um we kind of we talked about this earlier too about how matt's reaction after getting out of the building and away from maureen is to caper around and be like i'm free Mm -hmm. and this seems to be all matt wants from the moment he leaves emmons field he's down for the adventure he is not down for the adventure as it is happening in this moment Mm -hmm. you know yeah like he's like yes i want to go party and hang out and do stuff like and, and he doesn't even really know what do stuff means at this point because they've just left their village yeah, this is like his first and... unsupervised adventure right? it feels like exactly like he's, on, and, and he's like on rumspringer <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes. i get to party i might get my driver's license no, i'm just kidding <laughs> I may never come back. Sorry, I shouldn't. Not making fun of how other people live, even though I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Also, this is good, too. I think Fane and Mordeth are 100% made for each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that moment where he's like crouched in on himself and he's like. Except for the fact that like Mordeth's outfit sounds like a figure skater outfit he's like draped in all of this gold finery and like he has the points of his sleeves go past his fingertips i bet that looks great when he does a triple toe whatever the hell it is yeah he's like double axling into smoke into a brick in the wall what was that a triple cow sow sow cow i don't know what those are called toe pick Mordeth. And the description of Mordeth is he's, oh my gosh, I don't know if I wrote it down, but he was described as being like very puffy, saggy Mm -hmm. eyelids and bald and kind of big. And I was like, oh, he, in my brain, I was picturing the guy from Pawn Stars. I don't really watch that. I don't really but either, but he he died recently. <laughs> the old it. man, the old man from that Aww. show died recently and he always had these really like heavy, tired eyelids and I was like that's what your <laughs> death looks like in my head with a gold figure skater outfit. Yes. Okay, I'm looking I'm looking up this individual. This individual, but just bald. 
Yep. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Just... And definitely a little bit gloomier looking. This picture has him far too happy looking. Like, if you were more death, you would need to be, like, frowny face. Well, I, I, I mean, I watched Stop the show smiling. maybe, like, six years ago or something, mm -hmm. and he was always angry. So Maybe this is his posed headshot to, like, fool people. <laughs> I'm friendly! No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so more... But, yeah, I feel... That whole connection between Fane and Mordeth, that whiny slash regal slash yes. I am what I am, but I'm not what I am because I'm a couple different things all at the same time. Always. It's such a confusing mess. But yeah, when I, that was kind of the first time I wrote over that and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're made for each other. Um, but I just want to. This is weird. Prince oh, Car okay. came to be called Car One Hand. And then also in Rand's nightmare later, he is being pursued by Mordeth, who shouted that he only wanted his hand. Dun, dun, Are we getting da. hints? Dun, dun, dun. Um, is this accidental? Is this on purpose? Is this a coincidence? No, because we get, like, we get more of it. It'll show up in my notes at some point, but there's a moment mm. where Rand, uh, not Rand, Matt feels something like it's choking him and he touches his neck. And this is a mm -hmm. direct callback to where he's hanged in the Tower oh, of Genji, Genjai. Interesting. I, cool. It might pop up in my notes here as I'm scrolling, but yeah, it's well, I'll just, exactly I'll just like on. what you're saying. Yeah. Because I was like, huh, okay. Losing hands left and right. There's <laughs> so much foreshadowing <laughs> in these chapters. So much. So much. It's true. Um, let's see here. So Moraine had made that warning earlier about that if Mordeth can convince anyone to accompany him to the borders of Mashadar, that they will leave wearing the body of one who he worse than killed to wreak his evil on the world again. And again, almost feels like a missed opportunity. Was Mashadar slash Fane slash whatever it becomes later... Was it as fearful as it could have been? I mean, Fane definitely stirs things up in the two rivers. But other than that... Yeah, and in the two... Yeah, that's that's hard because he has to come off as human and trustworthy to get the White Cloaks to follow him, kind of. But everything he yeah, touches... He taints. Exactly. Yeah, everything he touches has this bit of madness to it. So... Mm-hmm. This is something that could definitely be explored more, maybe with the TV show. And the character mm. who plays Pot on Fane is absolutely fantastic. I watched him in a German series called Tribes of Europa. Mm. And it's on Netflix. And he has a very small role, but he completely stole the entire show. There's really the, yeah, the main actor in Tribes of Europa, like the the bigger named character is the one of the main characters from German TV show called Dark. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of time jumping going on. It's very sci-fi. It's a really good series. But this guy is in Tribes of Europa and he's the biggest known character. He's awesome. But then mm -hmm. the character that plays Pot on Fane has this smaller role. And I swear, 
everything got sidetracked for me, and I was like, I could just watch him the entire mm-hmm. show. He's so good. He's brilliant. I'm so excited. Ooh, so excited. That is exciting. So excited. I didn't know that. I'm I'm super stoked now. And I also just realized that my phone is not on silent. Ding. Back to silent it goes. Oh, that's I, exciting. And I'm actually glad that you just said what you said about dark because I've thought about watching it. So now I'll actually watch it. I think after this, the only thing that I had was Moraine soothing Nynaeve when Nynaeve is worried about Lan out in Shadar Lagoth. Yes. And she is already sensing what's happening between the two of them. And I was kind of wondering, like, would she be feeling Lan's stirred up emotions through the bond? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, my water is little falling flutter, in love with someone. That little mm-hmm. flutter? Yeah, yeah, she would know, and even she if it, know. even if it's not love, I'm sure she can feel admiration or mm-hmm. respect, and mm-hmm. it would like you know her bell earlier going off, mm-hmm. ding. She would feel that. <laughs> I think so, but other than that, did you write in Lord of the Seven Towers? Yeah, it's or did just I, write that? I did. It's just one of these moments where. I love Nynaeve, and she has no idea that she's kind of mocking him by being like, oh, yeah, Lord of the Seven Towers. (laughs) But I'm so excited for the moment when she actually finds out who he is because (laughs) it's going to be great. Yep. The only other thing that I wanted to say about this chapter is we were talking about earlier Shadar Logoth, we've seen the teaser from Wheel of Time on Prime where Matt is kind of opening up this box and then he's got mm-hmm. this beautiful, carved, creepy-looking dagger. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's going to be some differences because of what we were talking about earlier, how the boys are just being so carefree and like, oh, we're just going to run around the city and do whatever we want. <laughs> and I, I've heard people saying they think that there might not be a Mordeth on the series mm. and that maybe mm. it'll just be Mashadar. And then mm-hmm. Matt finds this dagger and kind of takes it with him. And maybe there's not this big treasure to get everyone all mm-hmm. excited. Maybe he'll just kind of stumble upon this box and find a knife and Mm -hmm. it will make them feel a little bit more mature and not so childish like yay Mm. treasure (laughs) and no mashadar and his figure skating outfit (laughs) no No scrooge Scrooge diving (laughs) yeah yeah I i do i do like that in that real quick moment again where like Matt picks up the dagger from the pile of gold that's closest to him. And it doesn't ever say he put it down. Yeah. You know? Like I know it's coming, the I've been carrying a dagger from Shadar Lagoth, but it makes me kind of sad. Like Matt so frequently in these early chapters is described as being like plaintive and petulant Mm -hmm. and complaining and kind of whiny and now he's going to be tainted by this dagger and so I feel like 
getting to know Matt doesn't really happen until after he's been healed. And that's at why that I point, love the Great Hunt so much because then uh, then we get this kind of like buddy moment with Matt and having all these adventures and it's just mm-hmm. so good. I don't know. I it's love so good. I love who Matt becomes. Mhm. It's a journey. Yeah. He's another person that has like a good character arc. There are a lot of really good character arcs to the series. Nynaeve is a good one and Matt's a good one too. There are just so many of them. But yeah, I think that's about I think that's about everything I pulled for spoilers from that one. Okay. The next chapter. So <laughs> this is where I found the moment where Matt puts a hand to his throat and licks his lips. Mm-hmm. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like this foreshadowing moment. And the only other real thing that I adore with these chapters is we've gone through all this heavy stuff and then we're given like Bale Doman and kind of Robert Jordan inserting (laughs) humor into this Mm -hmm. story at a really great time and it kind of lightens Mm -hmm. the mood and we know he's going to show up later. It's also really cool because we get Bale Doman confirming all of these rumors coming out of Saldea. And he's saying, like, farms are being burned every night. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the Trollocs came all the way up to the city walls. So, mm-hmm. again, now we're actually hearing it from someone's lips and not just yes. the rumor mill. And not just from Moraine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had for that chapter. Let's see here. Listen to the wind. Uh, I don't really know if I had much for that one. I had a couple one of the things, things that I. Yeah, one of the main things that I noticed on it was just that everyone was choosing, or being forced to head down river. Like everyone's making this decision to kind of be heading in the same direction. And we know they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. but at the same time, given what's happened and what the Perrin is Perrin is literally pulled. Mm-hmm. Like how yeah. we get to Viren, the description in the books, like being pulled. He literally gets pulled by the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yep. Tom makes the split moment decision where Rand is like, which way do we go? And Tom's like, oh. To hell this with way. it this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it works. It works out well. But yeah, I don't, I feel really bad. It's been a really rough week. I probably have so much more to say on this <laughs> than what I actually have at the moment. But at the same time, that's, that's where I am. That's where I'm I so am. Sorry. No, it's fine. I've got, I've, I have things for this chapter that I found really interesting. Oh, Especially please. in the fact where Moraine is like a honing missile. When she's talking to Nynaeve, she completely finds her weak spot. And she's telling her, you know, Egwene mm-hmm. will probably die if she doesn't go to Tarvalin. And yep. this is Nynaeve's weak spot. Egwene's well-being, as we have learned from her healing her as a child, from her explaining mm-hmm. the story of her past. And Nynaeve, this is just something that she couldn't bargain with or mm-hmm. barter against. So Mm -hmm. she kind of gets sucked into this whole adventure based on the fact that she wants to keep this young woman that she cares about safe. And she she cares about the boys as well. But there's something about Egwene that really Mm -hmm. that's it's hard for her to just, you know, say no. And it's just, oh, it's so sad. But at the same moment, it's like Maureen, 
That was mm-hmm. tricky. And all of these mm-hmm. stories that we hear about the Aes Sedai being manipulative, this is just one of those moments where I was like, damn, Maureen, that was harsh, but probably yeah. necessary. Yeah, like suspicions confirmed (laughs) yeah but i find myself agreeing with you and that totally sucks that totally sucks um oh go ahead go ahead mm -hmm. no 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 go ahead you go ahead well we we actually get the quote from moraine about bringing girls to the tower and the quote is Mm. it isn't a desire to increase our numbers we want to save lives Mm -hmm. and she's talking about these you know, wilder women that would die if they're not trained properly. But Mm -hmm. again, what a great throwback to New Spring when there's so much Mm -hmm. attention drawn to the fact that the tower numbers are dwindling and Moraine Mm -hmm. is absolutely concerned about it. So I find it interesting that she's like, no, no, no. Like, it's not that we want to just increase our numbers. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we've seen some major growth since New Spring to now from Moraine's opinions, I guess. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And then um, (laughs) there was another funny moment where Moraine says wisdom to Nynaeve. Like, it's something below (laughs) her potential. Yes. Yep. And then we get the ex- I, explanation of the coin GPS where Moraine is tracking the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and again, yep. yeah, Moraine chooses the boys over Egwene and that's Nynaeve's weak spot. So I think I think there's a name for that weave. It's probably something really obvious, but I feel for like the I took coin a GPS. Yes. Although coin <laughs> GPS is much better. It's so much better. That's what it should be. But I didn't take a picture of it. If you're looking, I can keep I can keep going. No, keep going. I have no idea what I'm doing today. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go along with you. Okay. Um, There's just a few things from chapter 22, A Path mm-hmm. Chosen. And this is all very Perrin-centric. And I love this chapter because coming up, we've got mm-hmm. Wolf Brother. And this is mm-hmm. the chapter right before it. So mm-hmm. Perrin is waking up and he's checking out his surroundings and he notices that the branches smell sweet. Mm-hmm. Then later he thinks about eating a rabbit. Then he says that his eyes are sharp and he can yep. find the hoof prints even if they aren't easy to see. Yep. So we've got all of these subtle, is it subtle? I don't know. All of these nods to him connecting with his is. wolf brother senses. And mm-hmm. his senses are kind of awakening. He's smelling the trees and he's thinking about rabbits mm-hmm. and he's tracking mm-hmm. hoof prints with sharp eyes. And I'm like, yes, Perrin, yes. Like, yeah. But then at the same right time, the yeah. And then at the same time, we know all of his Eeyore like qualities are going to come out too because he's like, no, like, I, this is terrible. I don't want to be different. I'm already huge and gigantic and people think I'm slow. Right. Now I've got golden eyes and fuck. Can you, can you imagine? 
I just want to hug him. I have him. golden I, eyes. Yeah. I just, want to, I just want to hug him. People hide behind him because he's so big. Like, right. Karen, buddy, I'm sorry. You just, you just need a hug. I, I wonder what Perrin's character would be like had he been more confident. Well, that's you know? like, that's like, almost Perrin's like got the... a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. I, you're right. Yeah. That's his whole mm-hmm. like coming of age thing, you mm-hmm. know, and is that's... to get past this. <laughs> yes. And that's be like, oh, yeah, basically... that's dumb of me. The whole fight eel storyline is because she is like mm-hmm. dragging him there aggressively mm-hmm. and somewhat <laughs> um indelicately indelicately i mean she's she at some point she's even f- physically abusive and it's just mm-hmm. like she it's, it's literally her like dragging him and yep. him clawing tooth and nail to like go back to where he was and him fighting this change but at mm-hmm. the same time in this chapter, we get this great quote <clears throat> that he's thinking to himself, if, if he was the leader, it was time to start leading. And this is his mm-hmm. storyline. He loses his entire family, but gains an entire nation. And I oh, that's love true. that about Perrin. And really more than one. Yeah. Well, yeah, like he... He brings back Manetherin. I mean, mm-hmm. he... Well, there's that, and then uh, Fael becomes queen of Saldea. Yeah. So if nothing else, he's at least her prince consort or whatever the male equivalent of a king would be there. And he's Lord of the Two Rivers in like some sort of deal with uh, Elaine. That gives him authority there. So they and they do have that whole like Manetherin, but not really. Like yeah, you know, kind of presence to the two rivers at this point yeah. as well. So he really is this. I love that he finally does seem to settle into who he is. Yeah, towards and, the end of the series, and, it makes it so much better. And there's all of these people fleeing from all of these nations that are just decimated, coming mm-hmm. to the two rivers. So it's not only just Manetherin, but he's opened the doors for everyone who has lost everything. And I that's just true. I just think that that's a really, I don't know, I find him so fascinating because of how hard he fights it and where he ends up in the end. Yeah. But that's a really good point. <laughs> Thanks. It really is. Because, I mean, like, setting up, setting up Emmons Field... And the two rivers like a refuge. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. Like I had a I'm terrible about looking at maps. I know I should, they're important, whatever. But like it really wasn't until my more recent readings of the Wheel of Time that I started paying attention to the maps and seeing like who's coming over and how they are over the mountains. Yeah. To get to a place where there seems like there is a cohesive level of government, yes, safety, yes. respect, resources. Like, exactly. They're like, hey, by the way, we're a gold mine that's barely been tapped. So sure. Yeah. I'd like a slate roof. Yeah. That sounds good. And Fancy poor, dresses. And poor Sun Bowie is like, no, there goes all my business. <laughs> <laughs> and Fael is like, um, I'm pretty sure you hired like six apprentices to so yeah. shut your face. <laughs> yeah. Love that moment. 
uh, but I, I don't think I have anything other than that to say on any of this, which is probably just as good because I feel like, you know, we covered so much. Yeah. Did we? Okay, good. I'm glad. Well, let's, <laughs> let's leave it at that. And sounds great. Again, happy birthday to all of our friends. Happy birthday. Yeah, everyone that makes our Discord channel so much fun. And Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been a week. (laughs) (laughs) There are more to come, I have a feeling. There There may be. There will probably be several upcoming episodes where I'll be like, I have the wiki page open. (laughs) I read it, but the wiki page today is my outline. <laughs> Not really. I'll be so much more organized next week. Uh, okay. We'll leave it at that then. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.